welcome to Melden Law Talk, a service of Melden Law, a statewide law firm with its primary office in Gainesville and also with offices in Ocala and Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Today is Friday, November 6, 2020. My name is Chris Qualman. I, during the day, work as the Chief Investigator and Pre-Litigation Manager at Melden Law. And of course, proud as always to be joined by the founder, the everything of Melden Law, Jeffrey Melden. How are you doing today, Jeffrey? I'm doing great, Chris. How are you doing? I'm feeling terrific. It's been a great week. we got a big day tomorrow. We've got uh, the Florida-Georgia game with all we've had to deal with, with the coronavirus and everything. We still got that game tomorrow. What do you think is going to happen? Well, I think it's going to be uh, a tight game. I saw the spread was somewhere around four and a half points, which means that uh, anything could happen. Anything could happen. That's always the case. We have a very special show. You probably think we say that all the time, but we really have a special show of Melvin Law Talk. Uh, we've got a very special guest to my left, uh, a name and a face that's probably very familiar to longtime Gator fans, Dr. Peter Indelicato. Welcome to the show, Dr. Peter oh, Indelicato. <laughs> glad to be here. Excited about the uh, upcoming show. Oh, we're certainly glad and proud to have you. So, uh, Jeffrey, you've worked with Dr. Indelicato. <laughs> Goodness, I can't even say it right. In Delicato, a long time. So uh, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about his history? Well, um, Do uh, Dr. Pete, as he was formerly known, uh, <laughs> and I uh, got to be really good friends a little over 20 years ago, um, and we got to know each other primarily socially. Uh, but, uh, of course, I was aware of... Uh, what Peter's uh, efforts were for many, many years with both the uh, University of Florida and with the Miami Dolphins. Mm -hmm. um, uh, Dr. Indelicato was the team physician for the University of Florida for, what, 35 years? Yes. And, yep. and he actually had a, he had a day job, too. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I remember you when I was a, a freshman, you know, in the 70s, and then I went to law school, and uh, you, you were an icon for many, many years. You know, uh, Jeff, you, uh, you brought up a good point. People think that that's all I did was take care of the, uh, the university athletes, but I, I had a day job, like you said. I was a very busy uh, uh, surgeon on the clinical faculty at the College of Medicine for... Uh, 35 plus years so uh, I used to uh, I used to work all day and then when my regular job was over five six o'clock I I go to the training room for another hour or two well that must have been really um, you know uh, a big challenge for you I know that uh, you actually at one time were also the Miami Dolphins uh, you know assistant physician you know for them and we're traveling with them at the same time yeah, there was a eight or nine year period of time that uh, I would uh, attend a Gator football game wherever on Saturday, and uh, after that was over, get on a plane and catch up with the Dolphins where, wherever they were on Sunday. Logistically, so, that must have been really amazing how you worked that out. I mean, you would be in Gainesville on a Friday. I think you told us before the show you would even uh, do the same service for Gainesville High School from time to time. Time some to time. If, I, if there was a home game on Saturday with the Gators, I'd try and uh, uh, provide services to the uh, Gainesville High School on, on a Friday evening. And it was logistically. I became very good friends with a lot of travel agents uh, <laughs> over, over that eight-year period of time where they knew they knew what, what, what I needed to get done, and uh, they, they were very helpful. And when... That 
when they couldn't put me on a commercial flight, then I would, uh, I would uh, uh, be at the service of uh, the Miami Dolphins, and they would do their best to uh, get me to where I needed to be. So it must have been really interesting. So if the Gators are um, on a road game and the Dolphins are on a road game, then you're going to one uh, place outside of Gainesville on Saturday. Or you go, what, Friday night? Friday afternoon. With the Gators. With the Gators. Right. And then, uh, uh, like I mentioned a little, a little bit ago, I, I remember one specific time where we were playing uh, LSU and Baton Rouge on, on Saturday night. And rather than fly back to Gainesville with the, uh, with the Gator team, I rented a car and drove to New Orleans, spent the night uh, at, a, at a hotel by the airport in New Orleans, and then got up like 6 o'clock in the morning and uh, got on a flight some, to Buffalo or, or New England or something like that to catch up uh, with, a, uh, with the Miami team there. Stayed, uh, went to that game, and then spent the night in Buffalo, and then flew back to Gainesville uh, Monday afternoon and went to the right to surgery, went right to the OR and to surgery. Let me ask you this, Dr. Delicato, for those of us like me who've never worked in the medical profession, what is maybe the damn life of a team physician? What are some of the typical things you would do, whether it's for the Dolphins or for the Gators? Wow. That, uh, <laughs> I mean, basically, you're available 24-7. Okay. And uh, even before cell phones, you had beepers, and and you would just make yourself available. And you, you had to love it. And, and I did. And I, I, that's, that was the best part of my job, sure. was being a team physician. It's availability. It's, uh, it's being able to communicate well to high school kids, to their parents, to college kids, to... Uh, professional athletes to their agents to team owners to athletic directors to head coaches you, you it uh, to be honest it takes you have to have a certain amount of uh, skills in communicating yeah let me ask you this how about when you have to tell the head coach in the middle of the game that his player can't go back in the game well you know I've been blessed uh, most of the time the coaches um, they understood uh, they didn't challenge you, uh, but don't don't get confused. They get they would get upset, you know. And I would say something like, "Coach, I didn't hurt him. I'm just telling you. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm just yeah, the I'm, 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 I'm the messenger. Kill the messenger. Yeah, don't kill the messenger." <laughs> and uh, yeah, they, they 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 were good. They were all they were all they all treated me with respect. And um, I would imagine the players sometimes would give you some pushback. Would say, "Hey, I'm ready. I Absolutely. feel like I'm ready to go back." Absolutely, you'd have to be the bearer of Absolutely. bad news Absolutely. and say, "As somebody you know, told me, and I tell, uh, sometimes you have to be their mother and father, because you you can't be too much of a fan. Although you you have you obviously love the people that you're working with, mm -hmm. but you can't let being a fan affect what's best for the athlete, and not only what's best for the athlete." whether he plays next week or, or not, but what kind of condition he's going to be two, five, 15 years from now. What kind of uh, changes in protocol did you see over your uh, almost 35-year career uh, well, on the sideline? Uh, well, I mean, you talk about uh, knee surgery. I mean, that was uh, barbaric, basically, <laughs> in the mid-'70s. And now it is uh, uh, phenomenal uh, with arthroscopy and everything that uh, can be diagnosed accurately and fixed through the arthroscope. Uh, 
concussions, how we're managing concussions now compared to uh, 10, 15, 20 years ago is a lot more scientific. There's great data to show how, how we're making better decisions. Um, there's a whole range of things, Jeff, that, that have advanced over the, over the last 30 years. Even uh, uh, conditioning in the off-season, how, how that has become a lot more scientific now. And it how, seems and, like teams put a lot more emphasis on the yeah. strength and conditioning coach. That's a year-round position. They're not just working with the football players. They're working with all the teams. But it's a full-time position that requires, obviously, education and training, right? Absolutely. And there's a lot more science involved in those strength okay. conditioning coaches. And what I loved was that there's a lot more interaction between the team physician and the strength conditioning coach so that in the off-season, we're not aggravating problems in the weight room that can be avoided by a, a more, a more uh, individual approach to what an athlete's problems are. You know, it's interesting because some, sometimes during the uh, season, I'll hear of players going in for a scope and knee surgery, and they say, well, they're going to be back on the field in three or four weeks, it, which it sounds amazing to me. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's, uh, again, the, the ability to diagnose it accurately and fix it at the same time uh, has, has been probably the single most dramatic, from a surgical standpoint, advancement that's been made in sports medicine over the past uh, 25, 30 years. How many uh, knees do you think you uh, surgically <laughs> repaired? Well, you know, somebody asked me that question. Uh, when it, I used to do about 120 to 130 ACL reconstructions every year, just that one procedure with and if you times that by 35, 40 years, uh, it's, it's a lot. Yeah, but that's a real complicated procedure compared to just a, a, an a easy knee scope. Knee scope. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, it's the football players that people hear about the most that have these types of procedures or basketball players. But in fact, you've done this for the entire sports program at the University of Florida, for swimmers, track athletes, the whole gamut, right? Right. And not, and not only that, but we take the advances that are made in sports medicine and apply them to the general population. Okay. So your knee injury or your ankle injury uh, is now treated much more like an athlete's knee injury and ankle injury than than what we used to do with those injuries 30 years ago. I wanted to mention for uh, those of you, whether you're listening or watching, who have never been to the facility on Hull Road, I, I went there about a year ago. On, I had an auto accident, so I went there for some follow-up physical therapy on my wrist. And as a fan, it's just amazing up there. You know, you've got literally a shrine to all these athletes and coaches. Again, players from all walks of athletic life, swimmers, basketball players, everybody. And it's just an amazing thing to see up there. So whether you're being treated or not, I want to urge people to check out uh, Dr. Pete's facility. You know, Pete, I know you were very much involved in creating that uh, building and that protocol. Why don't you mention that? Well, yeah, I mean, that was back in uh, 2004. The, uh, uh, our Department of Orthopedics got a little bit of a windfall due to some uh, uh, thoughtful investments by our chairman uh, prior to that. And we used that money to build this building on 34th Street, the uh, Sports Medicine Center, Orthopedic and Sports Medicine Center. And uh, uh, I was able to uh, talk to the powers that be at both the health center and at the university to devote a significant portion of that square footage to sports medicine. 
and um, we had all sorts of uh, input into the design of the building, a motion analysis lab, a throwing analysis lab, physical therapy, imaging studies. We tried to do one-stop shopping back in uh, the early 2000s, and, and fortunately it worked out very well. Yeah, I remember uh, meeting with you, and I think Paul Dell was really involved in that. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. And it was cool because all of a sudden you guys were designing state-of-the-art building that was the way you wanted it. Right. It was, became very functional for, for both the physician and, more importantly, for the, uh, for the patients. I want to just comment on something else you said. And again, as, as a patient of that facility, you talked about how the technologies and methodologies are being applied to all patients. I can attest to that. I was given first-class treatment when I was there. I had a badly broken wrist. I was operated on by uh, one of the physicians based out of the 39th Avenue uh, office. But then uh, when I came for my PT there, they just did a magnificent job. So it's truly a wonderful facility. We're about to wrap up this segment of Melden Law Talk. This is a special program with Dr. Peter Indelicato, longtime team physician for the University of Florida, also team physician for the Miami Dolphins. We want to remind you, though, that uh, this is a service of Melden Law a statewide law firm, take a look at our website at www.meldenlaw.com. Give us a call anytime, 24-7 at 1-800-373-8000. Our primary practice areas are personal injury law and criminal defense. However, no matter what your issue may be, give us a call. A legal professional will take your call and we'll do our best to steer you in the right direction if it isn't something we do. We will be back. This is a great hour of programming. I have to say that because it's the truth. We'll be back with Dr. Indelicato for another segment. We're also going to be talking with Carrie Meldon about the South Florida office. We're going to be talking with both Carrie and Jeffrey collectively about the excellent client experience we create for every client of Meldon Law. So thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. We'll be right back. The Meldon Law Firm from the beginning has been built on giving back to the community. I enjoy coming to work as much today as I did in 1971 when I opened my practice. I don't look at this as a job, I look at it as serving other people. While we're alive, what better feeling can you achieve than knowing that you've helped other people and thereby you enrich your own life? I've done mornings here on Sky Radio for 17 years. Jeffrey Meldon started doing his weekend show here 16 years ago. One of the things that separates Jeffrey is I don't see him out there hollering for people's business. I see him out there investing in the community. He's touched a lot of lives, and a lot of it he'll never know what a difference he made in somebody's life about information that he has shared on the air. Welcome back to Meldon Law Talk, a service of Meldon Law, a statewide law firm with its primary office in Gainesville and also with offices in Ocala and Fort Lauderdale. My name is Chris Qualman, the Chief Investigator and Pre-Litigation Manager for the firm. Of course, joined by Jeffrey Meldon, President and Founder of Meldon Law. Let me say a few things quickly just to get them off the plate. Please take a look at our website at www.meldonlaw.com. We are a law firm that handles personal injury cases as well as criminal defense cases. Whether it's a motor vehicle crash, a big truck crash, what we call premises liability, trip and fall, or a criminal defense matter such as DUI, we can handle the case. 
Uh, we are also a firm that is in partnership, we're proud to say, with the University of Florida, the Florida Gators. We're very proud of that, Jeffrey. I know that's something you've worked uh, your heart and soul on. Well, yes, it's, it's an honor uh, that the Gators uh, came to us and asked us to be partners with them. And uh, we really enjoy giving back to the community. We've done that through our scholar-athlete program for many sure. years. We've done that with our Veterans Making a Difference program, our uh, Law Talk uh, Live program on uh, the 18 sky. years you've had that Eight, going. 18 years, our community newsletter. So it's, uh, it's a good fit for us because it's just a continuation of our uh, desire to give back to the community that's provided so much for us. I have to say, so I went with you to the uh, game last week, the Missouri game. Of course, tomorrow's the huge Florida-Georgia rivalry, but that was the first actual game I've been to in Gainesville this season. It was pretty cool. We saw our name up there on the uh, on the electronic board, and uh, we had a lot of signage. It was pretty neat. Yeah, and I could sit there having a Bud Light. I thought that was awesome. <laughs> Stretching out, socially distanced. It was pretty amazing. <laughs> So, again, as we had during the first segment, we've got a very special guest, extraordinarily well-known, name and face to University of Florida, Gator fans, Dr. Peter Indelicato. You know, I, I tried to find a biography. It was easy to find one. There were lots of articles about Dr. Peter Indelicato on the Internet. I mean, we could spend the whole segment reading down his accomplishments, which are very, very many. But suffice it to say, for 35 years, the team physician for University of Florida for the Florida Gators team physician for the Miami Dolphins, just so many different things he's done. And like he talked about during the first segment, even has a day job as a surgeon for, for UF Health. Jeffrey, uh, I know you've know, known Dr. Delicato a long time and uh, really pretty amazing some of the things that have happened here in Gainesville over the years. Well, you know, it's the great thing about the Gainesville community that um, a lot of us are uh, really good friends and there's so many exceptional people in the Gainesville area. We kind of take it for granted, you know, And but I don't. Uh, I, <laughs> I always brag about all, my, all these great people that I get to meet in Gainesville and really nice folks that are just regular people. And uh, my wife moved up from Miami and she, she talks about how shocked she was when she came to, uh, you know, Gainesville, where if you come to a four-way stop sign, People are actually courteous, you know, they wait for you to move forward, you know, they're pretty, you know, it's pretty laid back community compared to some places, although um, you lived a very fast paced life really uh, moving around as both a, a doctor at the university as well as the team physician. Yeah, and I stopped for stop signs. <laughs> I grew up in New York where you don't stop for stop signs. I know, I know. Well, you know, I wanted to ask you, you know, we've talked about it, but um, you, you're, you, where you grew up in New York was right near where Dr. Anthony Fauci uh, in that neighborhood, right? Right. And as a matter as a point of interest is that his family uh, came from the same small town in Sicily that my parents came from. So for all I know, I could, uh, I could be related to him a little bit. So what do you, what do you think of uh, how he's conducted himself through this whole COVID thing? You know, I, I admire him a lot because it's a, it's a political minefield, I think, to, uh, to remain uh, neutral, uh, to remain optimistic, uh, but yet be honest with the, uh, with the uh, audience, with, with, with the people out there. And um, 
I, I give him credit. I think he's done a marvelous job of, uh, mm-hmm. of being able to do that. So, obviously, the whole COVID situation has impacted not just all walks of society, but we're talking about University of Florida, mm-hmm. you know, the, the students, how it's affected the students, and how it's affected the athletes. Maybe tell our listeners and viewers of, from your perspective, how has that worked out? Well, well it's, it's just a different situation, and uh, the athletes uh, and, and the staff and the, and the medical support staff have done, a, I think, a great job in adjusting to what what has to be done and what should be done. Uh, but hopefully, you, we won't have to go through this uh, another season. Who would have predicted this a year ago? For right. goodness' sake, it, it's just surreal. Yeah, it, it is. It's 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 surreal. It's you know, perfect, one, perfect. one thing I wanted to point out, Jeffrey, at the football game, I had a lot of people asking me when I, I my kids, for example, who were worried about me going to the football game. I was so impressed. <laughs> Seriously, with how well the University of Florida stadium staff handled that. There were signs everywhere, first of all, everywhere, saying you cannot enter the stadium without a mask. Uh, They had people enforcing it. And I looked around, I would say 95%, you know, maybe a couple of persons here and there, people to sip their beer and sip their Coke. But other than that, I was extraordinarily impressed by how well it, it was being followed. Yeah, I, I, I credit all to everybody, the fans, the athletic department, administration. Um, you know, let's keep our fingers crossed and it doesn't uh, uh, change uh, and we get through it. And next year we're all go back to tailgating and <laughs> and uh, singing We Are The Boys and Tom Petty. And yeah, I yeah, yeah, it won't back down. Yeah. Well, I don't know if you know, but uh, that's one of Melvin Law's theme songs, I right? I do know, you know that. won't back <laughs> down. I love it when the insurance co- uh, adjuster calls the office and she has to listen to Won't Back Down. That's right. It's on our music on hold. We don't back down. And it's yeah. on our electronic banner at the stadium. So we're telling everybody there, too. Yeah, and I can say, I think, thank you from the community for, for being such a big supporter of Tom Petty and... and, and how we, we were we are remembering him uh, in the Gainesville community. Well, you know, it's I'll tell you, music and athletics are two of the most enjoyable things that I do and spend my time in uh, in my life. I, I, I like my profession and I love being a lawyer too, but uh, music and sports is what I look forward to on the weekends. So, uh, you know, it's pretty cool. And uh, I was thinking... Of all the great artists that have come out of Florida, Tom Petty may be the most famous musical artist that's come out of Gaines, uh, out of the the whole state. And you know, right here in Gainesville, Florida, you know, was where he was from. So that so we have something to celebrate. And the festival, the Tom Petty Birthday Bash, is going to be next year. I think it's October twenty third through the twenty fifth. Right. And. Uh, we are gonna we're gonna do it outside live with real people there, and we will figure out a way to make it happen. No cutouts. No, no. no. So, any I want to get to another topic. Okay, I want to find out what is it like during halftime when you go back into uh, the uh, you know back into locker the locker room. Yeah, the <laughs> locker room. Tell us a little bit about what the scene is like and. Do you have all the players together, or the players in the corners? How did the different coaches separate? How did they do yeah. that? Yeah, well, I, I, most of the time, 
uh, at halftime, I'm in the training room, whether it's a home and away game. I mean, we're there looking at people that we need to be uh, take a second look at, let's say, uh, during the first half. Uh, and if time permits, I go into the locker room, and sometimes the training room is really part of the locker room at some of these away stadiums. Uh, and I think sort of to spell it out is the players come off the field at halftime, they break up into uh, different uh, 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 sections, depending on their positions. They'll talk to their position coach. And then uh, the head coach usually saves at least two or three minutes to assemble the whole team as a unit uh, before they go back on the field, the second half. And depending on the circumstances, <laughs> uh, you know, he, uh, he's got some, some points he wants to make. Uh, it's, it's not a place for the faint of heart uh, some, sometimes, um, but, it, it, but it's great to hear these coaches, how they, how they uh, use different techniques to capture the uh, uh, enthusiasm and the awareness of the athletes uh, before they go out. Uh, Can you comment on that? Could, I mean, so for example. He wants a war story in I other want words. A, no, I mean, no, no, look, uh, we've had some really great coaches, you know. Right. I mean, you know, you've got, you know, Spurrier and Urban Meyer who won national championships. Uh, can you uh, Don Shula, you know. No, but just yeah. contrast like Urban style in the locker room right. versus Spurrier's. I, I think uh, Spurrier was. Uh, uh, a, a quieter coach. I mean, he got emo he got loud and emotional, but it, uh, his his voice would never uh, scare you. <laughs> Let's put it like that. Whereas uh, Coach Meyer, I mean, he was uh, fire and brim brimstone kind of a. a I coach. get the sense that Coach Mullen might be a little bit like that. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Very much so. Yeah, he's a he's a disciple. I think of. Urban, but he's got his own style sure. of things. Mm -hmm. uh, I would say uh, he's sort of, a, and this is a guess, that he's somewhat of a mix between a Spurrier okay. and a Meyer. How, how about Charlie Pell? Oh, boy, he was tough. <laughs> he was tough. Well, look what he had to he's deal with. He, he came at 0-10-1, and, and then he turned that around to 8-4. Yeah. Yeah. We I, was, I was telling Jeff, we were running off the field uh, in 79 after the 0-10-1. Yeah. Season we Miami just beat us, and I was walking off the field next to him, and he was smoking his uh, Vanguard cigarettes, and he he tapped me on the shoulder. He says, "Doc," he said, "World Channel One." I said, "Yeah, Coach." He says, "Now you know what the bottom feels like," and he just put the cigarette out and he walked into the into mm -hmm. the locker room. Yeah, <laughs> but then what was it? Yeah, the eighty four. Eighty four turned it around. Went to the Tangerine. Oh, I, I thought he was an amazing coach. Yeah. Despite all the things that went on, I I had so much. Admiration for Charlie he, Bell. He, yeah, he had a he had a lot of bad Bryant. Mm -hmm. you know? And he, he but he brought he was the first coach that, you know in a long time that really brought the program up to a, a a really competitive level. He did. He did. He he made the uh, the Gator community all around the state uh, feel wanted. Improved the facilities improved among the facilities, that, among yeah. just a tremendous coach. So anyhow, we're getting ready to kind of wrap up. Um, this segment of the show. And first of all, I want to thank you for uh, joining us. Uh, we're going to have Definitely. to have you back on 
uh, sometime in the future because we've just scratched the surface. <laughs> and, you know, after you have a long career like you and I have both had, you know, it's kind of fun kind of looking back and talking, talking about it. So uh, I want to thank you very much for uh, joining us. And, uh, you know, anybody that wants to find us, you can, let's see, you can go on Facebook and go to, you know, Melvin Law. That's right. Uh, you can find us there. Plus, where, where else? Well, of course, our website, www.meldenlaw.com. Or you can call us, 1-800-373-8000. Or you can get us with your cell phone at pound hurt, pound 4878, pound H-U-R-T. Our primary areas of practice are personal injury law as well as criminal defense law. We're going to be talking about that in more detail in the next segment. We're going to be welcoming Carrie Meldon. I'm going to be surrounded by Meldons in the next two segments, but uh, Carrie has done such a tremendous job for the firm. He has been working the Fort Lauderdale office now for three years. I didn't realize it was that long, but it's three years. So we'll be talking about the history of Meldon Law and also the Fort Lauderdale office. Maybe we'll talk about the Ocala office too. Next segment, Dr. Delicato again. Thank you so much for being a part of this program. Oh, thank you. And uh, we'll be right back. Thanks for being a part of this. I was driving behind a lady, and very suddenly she moved out of the way. There was a log laying in the road. And when I hit my brakes, I went on top of the log. I had two herniated discs. I just haven't been the same since. Jeffrey Melden fought for me all the way. Him and his team really went there for me. Throughout the whole lawsuit, he made sure that my bills was paid. It was never no whenever I called him and asked him for something. Being a client at Melden Law was special because I felt like I was really being listened to and I felt welcome by the entire staff. If I were in a situation where I needed legal advice and help, I would absolutely reach out to Jeffrey because his reputation alone speaks for itself. But on a personal level, I know that he would take care of me and help me solve those problems and I would feel safe with him. Welcome back to Meldon Law Talk, a service of Meldon Law, a statewide law firm with its primary office in Gainesville, Florida, and also with offices in Ocala and Fort Lauderdale, Florida. You can check us out on the World Wide Web, www.meldonlaw.com, or you can give us a call anytime, 24-7, at 1-800-373-8000. Our primary practice areas are personal injury law and criminal defense law, but whatever your issue may be, whatever your question may be, give us a call 24-7. We'll do our best to steer you in the right direction if it's something not really within our wheelhouse, but by all means, give us a call. We'd love to talk to you and help you out. Again, this is a service of Meldon Law, and I am surrounded by Meldons. Meldons to the right, Meldons to the left. Jeffrey Meldon, founder of the firm. Carrie Meldon, who is uh, more than just a partner in the firm, more than just another Meldon. He is running the Fort Lauderdale office, and we're going to be talking a lot about that. So, uh, Jeffrey, I thought, though, for the benefit of the listeners, maybe say a few words, listeners and viewers who are watching the podcast, that you say a few words about the history of Meldon Law, uh, how you started, how you came to be in, as an attorney in the state of Florida, and uh, just a few words about the growth and development of the firm. Well, I was born and raised in Cleveland, Ohio. I went to uh, Ohio State undergrad, and then I went to Case Western Reserve Law School in Cleveland. And I graduated, and I started looking for places I was going to move. And I picked Gainesville because I had some friends here, and I visited a couple times. And I said, this is a pretty cool city. You know, it's a, 
you know, college town and, uh, you know, I was a, a long-haired hippie lawyer. So I figured what better place to come. And there are pictures <laughs> to prove that, right? <laughs> pictures <laughs> to prove that. So in 1970, I moved down here, took the, uh, the Florida Bar exam, passed it and uh, opened up my uh, law office. And uh, it's been really interesting because from the beginning, most of the folks that started uh, hiring me to be a lawyer were people that were friends of mine, people that I had met in the 14 months before I actually opened up my office. Even uh, Tom Petty and I I was about together. to say, one of the, your most famous clients mm -hmm. was one of your first clients, yeah, Tom Petty. Absolutely. So when we started out, uh, I took every single case that came in the door. Threshold law. In other words, yeah. if it crosses the threshold, <laughs> you, you handle it. Now, now <laughs> the first area of practice that um, I decided I would never take any more of were family law cases, okay? I figured that one out. For the, that was not for me. And we know some excellent family law attorneys that we will gladly refer your case to. <laughs> but I didn't want to sit there spending my professional life arguing over pots and pans and uh, beds and uh, all this kind of stuff. So what made you decide to do personal injury law? Well, I've been a trial lawyer right from the beginning. I used to try... Uh, DUI cases, uh, I take in, you know, any kind of a criminal law case. Um, and back in the 1970s, there was a lot of marijuana cases that we were uh, helping people with. We were, you know, uh, defending people all over the state of Florida, really, uh, because of Florida's unique location. There was a lot of smuggling going on and things like that. So I was a trial lawyer, and then um, when personal injury cases came in, came in, uh, it was pretty easy because instead of defending the case, I more or less became the prosecutor in the case, mm -hmm. and I thought that was uh, really fun, and uh, it was a very um, interesting, you know, learning curve as far as trying to understand how to um, try a personal injury case. In personal injury cases, uh, you're taking. Uh, innocent people that have been victims of a serious crash and trying to help them put their lives back together. And for me, uh, that was very rewarding. And what's amazing, I've been a member of the firm, now it'll be four years in January, but you've got people that have worked here for, for over 20 years. You've got uh, Carolyn Watson, you've got Abby, we've got to mention, who's been with you really from day one. I think that's one of the amazing things about the firm is that it's not just you, not just Carrie, you've got some really talented staff. Yes, and it's a team effort. You know, Dr. Uh, Indelicato was talking uh, in another episode about, uh, you know, uh, the team effort and how things work. You know, our, we have a team at Melvin Law, and we all uh, work together, and uh, Carrie is now uh, heading up our South Florida office, but due to the advances in technology, it's almost like a seamless transition in order to have another office because uh, literally our phone system is hooked up and it's like Carrie's in Definitely. the next room. And, you know, and our computers and everything. It really seems it, like the Zoom technology, it, it's helped us. It, yeah. We really have, are able to better serve our clients. Carrie, I want to toss to you. I'd like you to maybe tell the uh, listeners and the viewers a little bit of your history. You know, how it was, obviously, you came to be a lawyer, you came from a family of lawyers, not just your father, but other people in your family. So maybe share a little bit about your history. 
Well, I was born and raised in Gainesville, Florida. I was born in Alachua General Hospital, which no longer is standing, but uh, back then it was where most of the kids were born in, in 1978. And uh, I was raised in Gainesville and had the uh, opportunity to attend a lot of different schools and create some uh, valuable relationships that I, I still have to this day. In fact, I probably have more high school friends now than than I should, uh, but we still get together. And, uh, we, we and they know you're a lawyer, so they call you about everything. Yeah, I get a lot of referrals, but more importantly, uh, they're like uh, brothers and, and sisters to me. But uh, I ended up going to uh, college in Virginia. Uh, I played college tennis. I was about to say, there was a special reason for that. Uh, I know you're very humble about this, but... You were quite a competitive tennis player. I was player. very competitive. I I, uh, I hated losing, and I, I realized that very early on that uh, I had uh, a sense of uh, competitiveness that I had to um, to uh, be able to um, satisfy. And, and tennis was a great sport for that because it was an individual sport, and uh, you either got, you either get all the glory or or you have to deal with the losses. And I feel that um, it actually prepared me well for my career as a, as a litigator because uh, what we do uh, in a trial is basically go to bat and uh, there's generally a winner or a loser. And uh, one thing about tennis is that it's a, uh, it's a marathon and not a sprint. In other words, uh, you're going to lose a lot of points and lose a lot of games and sometimes you lose matches. Interesting analogy. I but see I, where you're going. But I won a lot more than I lost because I hated losing so much. And I, and I, and I was okay with losing. Gee, I wonder where you got that from. Yeah, I, I was okay with losing sets and I was okay with losing points or games. I never gave up. Mm-hmm. And I feel like uh, in trial law, there's a lot of uh, momentum shifts. And uh, if you've ever been a juror or if you've ever been a part of a uh, jury trial as a witness or maybe even as a party, a defendant or a plaintiff, uh, you'll notice these, uh, these momentum shifts and all of a sudden you'll think, oh my God, I'm going to lose my case. And then two hours later, you get a great piece of evidence that uh, is revealed in your favor. So um, that, that was kind of my first uh, time uh, realizing that I was uh, probably going to be a litigator was in college. Uh, I ended up going to law school in St. Pete at a, a school called Stetson Law School, which uh, my grandfather on my mother's side attended, uh, and back in the late '40s, early '50s, and he was uh, he became a very famous trial lawyer in uh, the East South South Florida and then the East Coast in Daytona Beach, and uh, he was one of the first uh, um, members of the NAACP uh, in terms of uh, you know a white person being willing to represent uh, minorities. Uh, he he grew up in a very disadvantaged, uh, with a disadvantaged lifestyle. He he put himself through college uh, through the GI Bill, and uh, became uh, an incredible trial lawyer. But he was also very competitive and very fiery. So, uh, but, you know, I have a, a lot of this. Uh, we have a, a lot of attorneys in Meld in the Meldon family and, and in our extended yeah, family. How many as well. do we have right now? Like active attorneys. Probably, if we go to Thanksgiving, we'll have at least eight or nine. I know. If we count the spouses. Your sister, of course, Jessica. My sister, my uncle Greg, uh, my of course, my father, Jeffrey, my aunt, Rachel. Her, her, her husband, husband, Joe. Joe. My cousin, <laughs> Jacob. His, his wife, wife. Uh, Dana. And um, I know I'm missing some more. There's got to be more Let out there. Let me ask there, you this, Carrie. So. Something Jeffrey mentioned when he was talking a few moments ago. He talked about how... 
he developed his litigation skills by doing criminal law. Mm -hmm. And you really have that same background. You went right from law school to becoming a prosecutor. Right. So how did that help develop you, A, for being a criminal defense lawyer, but also for doing personal injury law? So when I graduated law school, I, I pretty much knew I wanted to be a trial lawyer. And, and the best experience at trial law was through the state attorney's office. And, and they call it the DA in New York and some northern states, but in Florida, they call it the state attorney's office. And so I got offered a job in Daytona Beach uh, to become an assistant state attorney. And uh, it was great because uh, my last name was Meldon, and, and not many people knew Meldon over there. They knew my dad, some people knew my dad, but most of the judges and the other lawyers I was dealing with knew, knew my uncle Greg, but his last name was Wagner. They knew Wagner, they didn't know. Right, him. so I got to make my mistakes and nobody knew who I was. So I got four <laughs> years of uh, trials. I tried about 50. Well, it's really amazing, though. You go right to the fire. I mean, when you're working for the state attorney's office and the public defender's office, they really I had two, put you right at it. I had two jury trials in the first week I was a um, assistant state attorney. I had a battery case and I had a, DU, uh, a battery case and a criminal mischief case. The first case uh, I got a guilty verdict on. It was actually a, a, a case in which there were two soccer moms uh, coming back from a ballet recital, and one bumped into the other one, and apparently became you know a, a huge issue within the school. And the mothers ended up taking different sides, and so there was testimony about who bumped into who. And uh, the case was awful, so the prosecutor's office gave it to me. The second day I was there, I said, try the case, because neither, neither party wanted to back down. There was no deals. They were offering deals to throw the case out, and nobody would take the deal. And uh, I was able to, to get through it. I actually had a pretty successful cross-examination. I convicted the soccer mom of battery for bumping into the other with a shoulder. The judge, a public the, servant. The, ju the judge gave her uh, you know, a fine, but the, uh, the, the victim, the one that got you know bumped into, was crying. I, I was like, oh, my God, I'm making it changing people's life. I didn't realize it was such a, a minuscule case when I started doing, you know, sexual battery cases and prosecuting murder cases down the road. But my second case was two days later. It was a criminal mischief case. It was uh, two homeless people. One, one homeless person took the other one's bike and threw it in the dumpster uh, after throwing it on him. So he was passed out uh, on the, uh, uh, in the parking lot of a, a convenience store when the police came to the scene. And uh, I talked to the uh, to my victim, who the one who had the, the the bike thrown on top of him and then thrown in the dumpster the night before. And I said, you know, you just got to come in, tell the truth, I'll ask you questions, and uh, if you uh, if we get a conviction, then you'll be entitled to restitution for your bike, and the and the other party will get punished. And he says, well, do I have to worry about anything? I'm like, no, you're not going to jail. You're the victim in the case. All you have to do is testify. <laughs> Needless to, needless to say, he shows up uh, to court the next day drunk as a skunk, and uh, I didn't know. I, couldn't, I was 25 years old. I didn't, even, I didn't even register to me, so I put him on the stand, and halfway through his uh, testimony, the judge calls me sidebar and says, Mr. Prosecutor, Mellon, approach the bench, please. Says, Prosecutor, I think your witness is drunk, and uh, he calls the bailiff. The bailiff brings up a breathalyzer, breath tests the, uh, the witness, and uh, ends up having like a three times the legal limit. Needless to say, uh, he ended up spending the night in jail. So uh, uh, I lost that case. Uh, <laughs> but in both cases, someone went to jail. So it, you, it was you are watching <laughs> Meldon Law Talk. This is our second podcast. How about that? This is a service of Meldon Law, a statewide law firm with primary office in Gainesville, also with offices in Ocala and Fort Lauderdale, Florida. 
I am joined by Carrie Meldon to the left, Jeffrey Meldon to the right. We will be back to talk more about what Carrie is doing with the Fort Lauderdale office, how that office came to be, what it's doing, how it's grown, and the services of Meldon Law. Thank you so much. Stick around. We'll be right back. I was in an accident. Someone ran a red light and hit me, and I was hurt. You don't know where to turn. Luckily, I called Jeffrey. These big insurance companies, they don't want you to win. They truly don't. But Jeffrey and his firm and the people that work here, they just really fight for you. You call the law offices of Jeffrey Belden because you're going to need help, and they will help you. I was in a truck accident because of the accident that resulted in three back surgeries. We saw advertisements on TV, and guess who popped up more often than that? It was Jeffrey. The communication that he provided was so appreciative that he shows his compassion as a human. He assisted us in achieving one of our dreams, the acquisition of a home, and we're here today with smiles on our face with the assistance from Jeffrey. Welcome once again to Meldon Law Talk, a service of Meldon Law, a statewide law firm with its primary office in Gainesville and also with offices in Ocala and Fort Lauderdale, Florida. You can find us on the World Wide Web at www.meldonlaw.com. You can give us a call anytime, 24-7, toll-free at 1-800-373-8000. You'll find us on Facebook, Meldon Law on Facebook. You can learn a lot about the type of work we do and about the service Jeffrey does in the community. And I want to just point out something, guys. While it's true that there are many, many law firms statewide, whether it's Gainesville, whether it's Ocala, whether it's South Florida, there's only one law firm that is the official sponsor and partner of University of Florida Gator Athletics. That's Meldon Law. Yeah, we're very excited. <laughs> uh, that we formed this partnership with the Florida Gators, and uh, what a great way to uh, give back to the community. It, it truly is, and you'll be seeing this, Jeffrey, not just at football games and basketball games, but you'll see the name Meldon Law at baseball games. Literally every athletic sport, we're a partner of the Florida Gators. Yeah, and it's a great honor for us to be invited to form a partnership with such a great brand like the Florida Gators. Truly is. So we were talking last segment, uh, we were talking about Carrie's history, uh, becoming an attorney. We were talking about the Fort Lauderdale office. Jeffrey, I'm going to toss to you first. So you had been in practice in Gainesville. You had the Gainesville office up and running. At what point did you decide to expand? I know first it was Ocala, then you gave some thought to South Florida. Well, I think Carrie had the vision to... Uh, expand into South Florida. Um, he had some friends down there and he was going down there frequently. And he came to me, said, Dad, what do you think about, you know, expanding down to South Florida? I said, let's go for it. <laughs> well, we truly are now a statewide firm because uh, with Ocala, of course, you've been in Ocala how long? Quite a few years. 35 years. All right. So we, we've had a presence there in the surrounding counties. We've always been able to go down to about the Palm Beach line, but now with uh, Fort Lauderdale, uh, we literally have the whole state covered, right? Correct. And uh, to kind of tie into what you guys were talking about, the Florida Gator Partnership, uh, what's really cool is that we're the worldwide exclusive partner of the Florida Gators. And that means uh, that our reach is going to expand everywhere. Now, Florida is our state. And uh, one of my goals down in South Florida, which includes Miami, uh, Fort Lauderdale, and Palm Beach and all the surrounding areas, 
is to try to bring the same service that dad has uh, brought to North Florida for the last 50 years down to South Florida. And you'd be surprised how communication, how competence, you know, how having experience uh, matters to South Floridians because they get fleeced all the time by oh, these law I, firms. Oh, I, I can only imagine. Billboards yeah. everywhere, buses. My job is, is actually easier in South Florida than it is in North Florida because when we bring that same type of service to, to people in South Florida, they're shocked and they're so happy with our communication, uh, with our, you know, we don't make promises we can't keep. Uh, we want to deliver great results. And, uh, you know, my father, my grandfather started practicing in Florida in the 1950s. You know, our family has been here for 80 years. We're not uh, just down here to try to take people's money, then move back up to wherever they're from or move to a different country. We're not going anywhere. And so, uh, and one of the things about Meldon Law, which is different than the big box firms, is that when you call Meldon Law, if you want to speak to a Meldon, you can. You know, these big box <laughs> firms, good luck. You know, if you, they're gonna, unless your case is one in which you lost four leg, two legs and four, uh, two <laughs> arms or whatever, uh, they're not going to uh, give you a call back, um, the, uh, the name partners, because honestly, you're just a number. Uh, and I can tell you this, when you call us, and you say, well, I want to take some time to speak with Carrie, or I need to speak with Jeffrey. Uh, I've never seen my father say no, and I don't say no. In fact, I give my cell phone uh, to my clients, uh, and that's part of the service that we want to provide to everyone throughout the state, whether it's in Miami, Fort Lauderdale, Palm Beach, Ocala, Gainesville, anywhere. Uh, I can tell you, uh, not only because I'm a, a partner in the firm of Melton Law, but uh, as uh, someone who's watched my father uh represent people for 40 years. There's no one else that's going to do a better job. And I, and I feel that uh, sincerely. And and uh, if even if you have an existing lawyer, if you're not happy with that lawyer, if you want to get a second opinion, give us a call at 1-800-373-8000. We'd love to uh, evaluate your case. Jeffrey, I know one thing that we've talked about a lot, and we've really drilled down on this point in the COVID situation as we've had meetings, staff, statewide meetings, is the excellent client experience and understanding the emotional journey that a client goes on, whether it's a criminal case or whether it's a personal injury case, whether it's a, 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 an automobile or a big truck or a slip and fall, there's this emotional journey the client goes on. And I know that you, you take a lot of pride in understanding that and working with that. You know, the most important thing is to uh, communicate with the client. If you call the client, you talk to them, you always learn something about their case. And clients um, come to us sometimes, and it's remarkable. They have a really good case, and they go, well, I can't talk to my lawyer. Or they don't return calls, and I get that all the time. And it shocks me because if you're not going to talk to your client, then, you know, uh, to me, you're not doing your job. And what you just said a second ago, that every time you speak to a client, you learn something. Humanizing the client, making sure that client is not just a number, you know, whether it's a personal injury case or even a criminal case, making your adversary realize this is somebody who's got a story. This is a unique individual. And it, it truly is amazing what we learn as we drill down and get to know our clients better. Well, not only that, they appreciate it. And, um, no matter what the outcome of the case is, if you work hard for your clients, they know it. They truly do. Carrie, I wanted to go back to what you were saying a moment ago about the staff at the Fort Lauderdale office. 
you, you've put some excellent people in there. Why don't you say a few words to our listeners yeah. and viewers about the people you're working with down there? So uh, we hired a really talented trial lawyer named uh, Tanner Demery, who had run for judge in Broward County, which is where Fort Lauderdale is located, uh, last year. And we were able to get him uh, to work in our criminal defense department while I'm heading up the personal injury, the car accidents, truck accidents, motorcycle accidents, uh, slip and fall cases like that. He's going to be handling mostly our DUI defense, and he's done an incredible job. You know, uh, down in South Florida, there is a law that states, if, and in fact, it's throughout the whole state of Florida, that if you um, are arrested for DUI, your license uh, will most likely be suspended. And to regardless fight, of the outcome, of regardless the of the outcome, and to fight these mm -hmm. cases is almost impossible. In fact, you call five DUI attorneys in South Florida and say that you want them to fight your case in what's called this formal review hearing, which is the process mm -hmm. in which you get your driver's license back, they're going to say, well, we don't do that because we always lose. The statewide success rate, according to a, 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 a actual case opinion written by a judge, I think two or three years ago, was like 4%. So only 4% of people whose license were suspended administratively got their license back. Right now, I think Tanner's above 50% since COVID hit. Which Ian is, Pickens, same thing here in the uh, Gainesville which, office. Yeah. Which is incredible. I mean, and when we, and they, the, the uh, type of um, reputation that we've built in Fort Lauderdale in the past two years with the DMV has been second to none. They call me about, they've actually requested my book for me so they can read it. And this is, uh, and this is within two years of going down to South Florida. Honestly, that's what I see as such an opportunity is that most of the time we're able to help people because, um, you know, we're going through the case with a fine tooth comb and we're representing people the right way, doing the research and actually, you know, putting the time and effort in that you need to to be a real lawyer. And most of these law firms down there are not doing their job. And like Jeffrey says, they probably should be doing something else if they don't want to be a, a trial lawyer, if they don't want to be a law firm. You just reminded me of something. I want to toss to both of you. One thing you put a lot of pride into, Jeffrey, are these free books that are available on the website. Mm -hmm. If you don't know anything about Meldon Law, you're going to learn something right here. Go to our website again at www.meldonlaw.com. Jeffrey and Carrie have written multiple books. There's a book that Jeffrey's written on auto insurance. There's a book on the seven mistakes that can wreck your accident case. Carrie and the criminal defense staff have written books on defending and winning DUI cases. And they're free. They're free downloads. You can get whether you're a client or not. Just go to the website. Or you can call us at 1-800-373-8000. We'll send you a hard copy. But I know in particular, you, you put a lot of time and thought into that insurance book because it's so critically important. Absolutely. In the state of Florida, you have to buy uninsured motorist coverage to protect yourself and your family because the laws in Florida are different than the whole rest of the United States. So uh, it's, it sounds complicated, but it's really not. You just call up your insurance agent and you say, Jeffrey Melden said I need uninsured motorist coverage. And uh, he'll tell you, um, he or she will tell you all about it. But you should come armed with uh, my book, uh, Buying Florida Car Insurance. And uh, you just show them uh, page 46. And uh, it's got everything summarized. And uh, ask your insurance agent, uh, what do they think about my recommendations? Carrie, say a few words. We don't have a lot of time left, but say a few words about DUI defense, the DUI books. We talked about this on our radio show over the weekend. 
it's not hopeless. People no. think that well, they get charged with DUI, they don't have a chance, but they do have a chance, you right? Know, the the uh, genesis of the DUI book was actually written by Jeffrey. He was the chairman of the whole state of Florida uh, for the DUI committee during the 1990s. So uh, Dad created this reputation as a DUI gladiator, uh, and that you know, was kind of his, uh, his deal in the 90s before he got into more personal injury car accident type of work. And so he had uh, written that book, and we refined it, and we keep refining it every year to make sure that it's up to date. And, and I know our conviction rate uh, for our clients is, is much, much less than what the average is. When I was in Gainesville, I did a, a stat poll one year when I was doing DUIs full-time, and the average conviction rate for people arrested for DUI was 74%. And if they hired the Meldon Law Firm, it was only 37%. So we were actually... Uh, half of what the uh, the average was, and I always told people, you know, you can't really necessarily uh, compare a DUI to you know a cancer surgery, but if you did, and your doctor said if you go with this if this particular surgeon, or if you found out that this, this particular surgeon had a seventy four percent success rate, and the other surgeon only had a thirty seven percent success rate, you probably would go with the one had the much higher success rate. So, you know, you get what you pay for. We're not the least expensive firm, but we still keep, uh, you know, reasonable prices. And we actually work the case uh, thoroughly. Well, and I think you, you make a very important point there is that if you're shopping just for price, you're going to make a mistake. I think the key thing, I think the takeaway from everything the two of you are saying is that Melvin Law is a firm with experience. We are in our sixth decade. We started in the 1970s. Personal injury law, criminal defense law, there just is no question that the experience is extraordinary. And again, I'd like to urge all our listeners and viewers to take a look at our website at www.meldenlaw.com. We are a firm that does specialize in injury cases and criminal defense cases. You can also reach us on your cell phone, pound hurt, pound 4878, anytime, 24-7. We've only got about a minute left. Uh, Jeffrey, let me toss to you. What are some of your final thoughts for today? Well, I think uh, uh, the whole fall season w will be greatly improved if we figure out a way to beat Georgia tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> I'd agree with that. We are the official <laughs> law firm of the Florida Gators. So, yes, this is very emotional and passionate to us. How about you, Kerry? You know, I concur with uh, Dad. Usually his thoughts are dead on. So let's beat uh, Georgia tomorrow and... Uh, after uh, next week, we'll, we'll take it as it comes. I'll tell you one thing. Um, if you ever are down in Fort Lauderdale and you're a, a Meldon Law a client from up north, come by, uh, give me a ring, and uh, say hi. We'd love where, to see where you. Where is the office? We're at 1 East Broward Boulevard. We're right near downtown Fort Lauderdale. We're on the seventh floor, and uh, we're always open uh, for your visits. So give us a call. Thank you so much for being a part of this program. We'll have a lot more information in the days and weeks to come about all the platforms where this will be available. We'll also be on some audio-only platforms like Spotify and a couple of others. Take a look at the Meldon Law Facebook page. Just look up Meldon Law. You'll see a lot more information about this and other uh, programs. Thank you so much for being a part of the program. And what do we say at the end of every show? Go, Go Gators! Gators! See you next week. <laughs>